minds were unique from each other. After the man was created, he opened his eyes and the first thing he saw was God. The second thing he saw was the garden. When the woman was created, she opened her eyes and the first thing she saw was God and the second thing she saw was Adam. Dr. Newman goes on to say that the first woman was created in the context of relationships as man's helpmate. That first woman, Eve, was also cursed in the area of relationships, as we read in Genesis 3.16, after that fateful bite of forbidden fruit. To the woman, God said, I will greatly increase your pains in childbearing. With pain you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. From the very beginning, women have needed relationships, and from the beginning, we struggled with them. Deep within every woman's heart is the desire to connect with another individual. The problem is we live in such a fast-paced society that we rarely have time to develop and maintain meaningful relationships with others. Let's do lunch or call me sometime are phrases we often say but seldom do. Society places great pressure on us to be the best, look the best, feel the best, work the best, decorate the best, buy the best, mother the best, and wife the best. Then, after we've worked on being the best we can be, we feel compelled to ensure that our children or grandchildren are given the best opportunities for success in school and on the playing field. We just have to get them to soccer, football, baseball, basketball, and cheerleading practice. Did we mention piano, voice, dancing, drama lessons? And really, we should squeeze in church activities, too. Phew! After all that, who has time for a relaxing cup of coffee over the back fence with the neighbor? True positive friendship can't be cooked in a microwave. It must be crock-pot simmered over time. The quality ingredients of friendship need this type of slow cooking to gradually blend and melt together. The result is soul-nurturing food of truly meaningful relationships. The birth of a friendship. Our own friendship has been simmering for 25 years. It began in the fall of 1978 when we were freshmen at Baylor University in Waco, Texas. We met in Collins' dorm. I lived on the sixth floor and Carol on the fourth. As we got to know each other, we just seemed to click. But it wasn't until we met at Crystal's Pizza Palace during spring break of our freshman year that we recognized the potential for a lifelong friendship. As we talked over pizza, we began to realize that we had quite a few life experiences in common. Both of our dads were in the insurance business, and both of our moms were sweet, selfless, godly women. We both came from all-girl families with the exceptions of our lucky dads. Our spiritual journeys were also very similar. We both became Christians and dedicated our lives to serving Christ at an early age. A new friendship was born that day at Crystal's Pizza Palace in Irving, Texas. Kindred spirits had been discovered. We both drove away from that lunch with a warm place in our hearts, knowing that we had the potential of becoming lasting friends. In our sophomore year, we became sweet mates in Alexander Dorm, and from that point on, our friendship of the heart was cemented. Carol taught me how to be more relaxed, while, oddly enough, still leading an extremely disciplined life. I remember the year that Carol trained for a marathon and never seemed to miss a workout or forget to eat her carbs, and I'll never forget the morning that I woke up early and I couldn't find my roomie in the apartment. I looked everywhere for her, and I began to get a little worried. Finally, I swung open her closet door, and there she was, on her knees with her face buried in her hands. She was in prayer, and to this day that is my fondest and most impacting memory of Carol. 
She truly exemplified the disciplines of the Christian life that have been the backbone of my most significant friendship. At Baylor, everyone knew Terry Ann. She was the freshman homecoming queen, class representative, and all-around Miss Personality, a true sanguine. She taught me things like the importance of wearing lipstick, how to use the sun lamp to the point of having our eyes swell shut, and how to create the big hair look we Texas women are famous for. I was always amazed at the way Terry Ann could walk into a class and take a test without really studying. Whenever I asked her how she did it, she always replied, Oh, it's just common sense. Terry Ann was blessed with a great deal of common sense and wisdom. She was the epitome of a woman who feared the Lord and followed his will, even down to which boy she asked to the sorority function. One particular time will live in my memory forever. Terry Ann wanted to ask a young man named Mark, the heartthrob of practically every girl on campus, to the Pi Phi dance. But she just wasn't sure if she should. She was always careful about dating and about hearing God in such matters. So she asked me to kneel and pray with her. If I'm supposed to ask Mark to the dance with me, she implored the Lord, then have Mark call me and ask me out first. Now, mind you, Mark and Terry Ann barely knew each other at the time she prayed this prayer. I must admit, my faith was weak, but not Terry Ann's. She was firm in her resolve to submit this matter to God. The phone rang not five minutes after we finished praying. Guess who it was? You got it. Mark called and asked Terry Ann on a date. Oh, me of little faith. In the years that followed, I continued to marvel at the complete faith Terry Ann had in God and her total willingness to submit to his work in her life. Her faith is a testimony to me to this day. What kind of friend am I? When we were brainstorming ideas for this book, we began to see even more clearly how significant our relationship was and is to us. We recognize that our hurried lifestyles often foster surface friendships, but leave little room for nurturing, deep, and quality ones. In a culture characterized by hyperspeed lifestyles and cyber connections, true, deep, and positive friendships are a rare commodity. What's the solution? Is it to slow down our lives and make better use of our time? If the key to having lasting, more meaningful relationships were as simple as better time management, then we could all read a book on how to organize our time, and voila, we would increase our number of friends. Yet we all know women who are highly organized but still wallow in the depths of loneliness. Equally, we know women with packed schedules who seem to have thriving relationships. Although we should always re-examine our over-busy schedules and cut out what isn't necessary, slowing down is not necessarily the answer. For some women, being too busy has never been an issue. Their struggle is with the lack of self-confidence or the fear of getting too close to others. Some have hurtful issues from the past that affect their present relationships. Others long to have quality relationships, but they're not quite sure how to go about it. So what's the key to connecting? Perhaps your parents, like ours, taught you when you were quite young that to have a friend, you must be a friend. How true. But what does it mean to be a friend? What does a friend look like? And how would you describe yourself in the context of relationships? The Spice of Life, Recognizing the Variety of Friendships God Puts in Your Life 
The word friend is much like the word love. We use it to mean many different things. When we say we love God, for example, we are giving a different meaning to the word love than when we say we love French fries. So what do we really mean when we call someone a friend? The influence of personality. All of us know someone who never seems to meet a stranger. She's the woman who can be passing through the state of Idaho on vacation when she stops at a gas station in the middle of nowhere to fill up her minivan. She recognizes the station attendant as someone she went to high school with in Kentucky 30 years before. This woman appears to have an endless number of friends. On the other hand, we all know someone else who is the total opposite. She's the woman who seems quite content to have relationships with only a handful of friends. What accounts for the difference? A big part of the answer is found in the fact that God has given each of us a wonderful and unique personality. Our personalities or temperaments influence the way we make friends. Tim LaHaye, in his 1973 classic, The Spirit-Controlled Temperament, identifies four basic personality types that more or less describe most of us. Here is a brief synopsis of the qualities of each one. One, choleric, strong-willed, determined, independent, optimistic, practical, productive, decisive, confident, a leader. Weaknesses include angry, cruel, sarcastic, domineering, inconsiderate, proud, unemotional. Two, sanguine, talkative, outgoing, enthusiastic, warm, personable, friendly, compassionate, carefree. Weaknesses include weak-willed, unstable, undisciplined, restless, undependable, egocentric, loud, tendency to exaggerate. Three, melancholy, gifted, analytical, sensitive, a perfectionist, Aesthetic, idealistic, loyal, self-sacrificing.